Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. I am teaching on the subject of a resilient spirit. And... um, I believe as we begin to dive, dive into the Word of God, you begin to see the, the, the things that are available for you or to you in Christ Jesus. Um, in the month of March, as a church, we are going to be focused on the subject of money. Amen. I thought you would do it some, do it louder. It's not going to be one of those messages on um, why you need to make money and all of those things. It's going to be a solid series in the month of March on money. Um, and all, all, I don't want to go into all the details, so you want to, you want to get ready for that. Um, faith for finances, how to release your faith for finances, practical ways to re- increase your, your, your income, what is kingdom prosperity, how to operate in it, how to attract favor into your life by that, by those things. I mean, something happened to me yesterday, today. This is practical. That's why I've been telling you guys that if you just, if you just keep doing the things that you, you know, uh, I'm teaching you and you just give yourself to it, not just be a good year of the word, but a doer of the word, you're definitely going to see the results in your life. Praise the Lord. Um, I, I was believing God for some things and yesterday, or day before yesterday, struck yesterday, you know, um, I, I knew a couple of people who had a financial need. And I was trying to do some calculation. I was thinking to myself, this one needs this one, this one needs this one, this one needs this one. But I felt the nudging of the spirit to, to give those, mon- those seeds out to the people. And they were not really like small money like that. So I, I, I obeyed God and I did that. And this is, this is very important because, you see, when we, when we, we pastors... All right, we don't live our life by the anointing. The anointing is for you. If you are a pastor, you are a leader, or you are called to the ministry, it's a very important lesson that you must learn. You see, because that anointing is for the people. That's why when the people are hungry and they honor the anointing, they draw that essence, they draw that anointing in their direction. But when it comes to your own spiritual journey, your prophetic journey with God on the earth, be it your family, be it your business, be it your career, and any aspect of your life, you're going to have to use the spirit within you, the Holy Spirit in your life. In other words, you have to practice what you preach. Because you see, if you do not practice what you preach, you're just going to be like a signpost. Pointing the ways to others, but never getting there. You must learn to be doers of the word of God. You must practice what you preach. As a principle in this church, before I ever come out to say, come and give to us a project, I have proposed in my own heart, me the pastor, proposed in my own heart what I want to give first. And I do it. Not just because I'm the senior pastor of the church, because that's how I have to grow. There is no exemption. We are all children of God. Did, is somebody hearing me? Wait, was that traffic today? Why is it very cold here? Is somebody hearing me? 
Amen. Amen. So I, I gave that seed to that press to those people. And today I was supposed to do something and I was supposed to make some payment. And so I just felt led to call someone, not even just to, you know, hey, I just called the person and say, hey, I'm coming somewhere, you know, and, and all of those things. And the person said to me, well, okay, I, I was traveling, so I, I just called the person, oh, I'll be in your city at such and such time, and all of that. And the person said, oh, you, when are you coming? I told the person when I was coming, the person said, sir, please, as long as you land in this city, I'm taking the full responsibility. I'm paying for this, I'm paying for that, I'm paying, just don't pay one naira, just come. And just yesterday I gave us it. Listen, guys, this word works if you work it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Should I come down? This word works if you work it. There are many people who enjoy listening to the word but are not willing to go as far as working the word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Are you redeemed? Can you talk? Praise the Lord. Don't let your problem be bigger than your God. Praise the Lord. Amen. You, You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3, it says, by faith, the world was framed by the word of God. That word framed there in the Greek actually means to cut out, to cut into shape. In other words, the word of God in his mouth cut the world into shape. It's the same way the world, your own world, can be cut into shape by your words. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? You know, you can literally wake up one day and give yourself a one day sabbatical of speaking the word oh yes you just wake up one day and you say today is my off day don't use your off day to watch movies beginning to end take some of those off days you do you work from home on Fridays you work from home on Tuesdays you work from home on Wednesdays take one of those Wednesdays and just say I want to talk myself out of, my, of this challenge for one day and for that whole one day you are talking the Bible says we have the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. For that one day, you are just speaking. You are just talking. If you can, you can even write those things you want to say. You write it on a notepad. and You use your pen. You write it. And you'll be declaring it. In the name of Jesus, I have favors before king. I'm going to the palace. Everyone in the palace has a favorable response towards me. I'm a man of the word and I'm yielded to the spirit. I'm committed to God's purpose for my life. You see, you just be talking the word, talking the word, talking the word. Do you know what you've done? You've used 24 hours, if possible, to bankroll your journey. Just for that 24 hours, you have, you have greased your own 24 hours with the word. Lay down 24 hours of word. Listen, there is a law of seed time and harvest. Everything you say, you must see. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. So if you are bankrupt of the word in your future, you are bankrupt of manifestation in that future. Did you hear what I said to you there? If you are bankrupt of the word, you, pro- you produce what you say. You're, guess what, guys? I want, I want this word to, to land in your spirit. Your 20 years to come is in your word right now. If you don't say it, that 20 years is empty. You have to learn how to talk. 
there's anything I've not taught you, or I've taught you the most, it's this one thing. Because I practice it. I'm not just a guy who just teaches you and says, I live by faith. Ask my wife. Like, this is the practical journey of my life. It's by faith. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, God forbid that the only time I remember to talk is when I'm in church. I'm handicapped by the direction of the pastor in the willingness and the good heart of the pastor. If the pastor says, now begin to declare, then he gives you the opportunity to declare. When you have your own mouth and you can declare with or without the pastor. Glory to God. Okay, let me help you. Do you know that some of you have seeds that you have not harvested yet? You know how many times you've sowed seeds, random out of kindness? You've not accepted some of those things. You know why? Those things don't... There is what they call reapers. If you sow, you must reap. And when it's time to reap, you have to put in the plow to reap it. Are you following what I'm saying? Your words is the reaper. That's why if, this, if you read the Bible, the angels of the Lord are the reaper angels. But what happens there? You command, they obey the voice of the servant. So the angels are not compelled to do anything until a word proceeds out of your mouth to go ahead to come. Are you following what I'm talking about here? So some of you have harvest of 10 years, 5 years, 3 years, accrued to you already, but you've not received it yet. Because you're not saying anything about it. Praise the Lord. Are you surprised? Aren't you surprised how every time Jesus came to the earth, pardon me, when Jesus came to the earth, he was always talking about his death. Because by the word of the Lord, we frame our future. The essence of his coming was to die. If he was silent about it, all through his existence, it would not happen. So he was telling the people, everything you want to see, say. Did you hear what I said to you? Everything you want to see, say it. Everything you want to see, say it. How many of you are career professionals here? Okay. How many of you are business owners here? All right. Let me give you just another five minutes. No, I don't have five minutes. Three minutes. I want you in your seat right there. I want you to say things about that business now or that ministry or that fight. Just say it. Oh, please. Don't, don't murmur it in your mind. Say it with your mouth. The Bible says, open your mouth and I would fill it. Say it. What I'm doing this season is to raise a supernatural army that can reproduce these things. To raise a supernatural army that can reproduce these things. Say it. 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 Till saying it is tired of you. Say it to the point that that condition is tired of you saying it. And it has to give way. Put pressure on it by the word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You learn to say. Those watching online, I give you two minutes as well. Speak the word. Look at what Peter said to Jesus. He said, we've toiled all night, but we've caught nothing. He said, nevertheless, the word nevertheless there means however every other thing I've said doesn't matter we're going to, we're going to do your bidding Said, nevertheless at thy will say it say it praise the Lord hallelujah have you said it look at me have you said it 
I need a response in this church today. Yes, Have you said it? Yes, All right. I'm going to give you another two minutes. I want you to see the manifestation of what you've said. The next thing I want you to do is see it. Open your heart, the mind of your spirit, and begin to see the manifestation. See it. See it. Do you know what's happening to some of you? Don't stop seeing it because I'm talking. Don't stop seeing it. There would be an unexplainable joy. It's like you want to grab it now. You can feel it. Oh my. This is how you produce these things in your life. You say it. You say it. That's why faith is word and action. Oh, you missed what I said there. Faith is words and action. Words and action. Words and action. That's faith. The substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Words and action. Praise the Lord. Have you seen it? Does it look good? Are you sure? Does it look really good? If it's not a fragment of your imagination, if he shows you, he's compelled to do it. Amen. The only reason why it would never happen is because you've not said it long enough. So say after me in the name of Jesus. That which I just saw, I'm living in the reality of it. Oh my God. Say that which I just saw, I'm living in the reality of it. Do you believe what I just said to yourself now? Say it one more time. That which I just saw, I'm living in the reality of it. Glory to God. Every time you practice this thing, you know the last leg of what you have to then do is now giving glory to God. That's what Abraham did. Giving glory to God. The Bible says not being weak in faith giving glory to God. We give you glory Lord as we honor you. We give you glory Lord as we honor you. And you are the yourself thanking God for that thing you just saw let's sing it one more time over that song over that thing you just saw we give you God I give you as I worship you I give you it could be a promotion at your work it could be a new level a deeper intimacy with the Spirit of God a house a family, a car, a child, a business, worshiping with it. You are 
I say yes, oh yes, to your will and to your eyes. Wait a minute. Let me teach you something. Look at me. Are you aware that, please, everyone listen to this. Are you aware that when you sing songs, I don't know, I want to get into my sound, but I, I know somebody's drawing me in an attention tonight. When you sing songs of the Lord, like these kinds of songs I just sang now, there is an orientation and an education you already have about that song, whereby every song has a compactment in your mind. So you listen to a kind of song, or you hear a kind of song, and what comes to your mind is consecration. The moment you hear, I say, yes, oh yes. Why? Because you are already used to the fact that every time that song is sung, is in line with leaning down at the altar or consecrating or forcing your ears to become a pastor. I say, I'm not going to be a pastor. So I say, yes, I say, yes. Or marry them or don't marry him. I say, yes, I say, yes. So you keep hearing consecration. But you say, I say, yes, oh yes, to your will and to your word or to your ways. What is God's will? His will that, is, that you should prosper. His will, are you getting what I'm saying? So when you say, I say, yes, it's amen. He says, I agree. I'm a paria It means I agree to that thing that I just saw now. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? So it's not just how oh, I say yes, and you might, uh, you, your, your mind and your soul is disconnected from the reality of that song with what that song presented, what that song brought as a fragrance to your life. But you are disconnected from it because it sounds like a song of consecration, but it's a song of submission. If God says I want to prosper you, there's submission to that. I hope you know that. The same way isolation is consecration, the same way fame is also consecration. Glory to God. I say yes, oh yes, to your will and to your way. I say yes, I agree. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me And with my whole heart I agree And my answer will be yes Hallelujah Alright, let me get into the word. Are you ready for tonight? Tonight I'm teaching on the subject of a resilient spirit What to do while waiting on God Sometimes last year I taught on the subject waiting for, waiting with, and waiting on. And I did a three days teaching on that. And one of the things I realized, that's why I'm going back to this teaching, is that I spoke so much on that subject. But I'm not quite sure I itemized for you steps by step by step by step of the things that you can you should do when you are waiting on God now this is one subject that I believe that a lot of people have questions about if you're like me that you've waited on God for something for five two three four years ten years and eventually it happened let me see your hands up and if you're also like me, currently you are waiting on God or for God on something in your life that you've not seen the manifestation yet. Let me see your hands up. up. And so there are many people who have questions about the subject of what do I do while I'm waiting? 
Bible says, haven't done all to stand. It says, stand therefore. How do I know that I've done everything that I need to do? How do I know that I'm not a passive waiter or an active waiter? What do I do? What do I do when all hope is lost and it seems as though victory is gone? What do I do? What do I do when it looks as though the job is going to land in my hands? I've waited long for it. I've started to share testimonies concerning it. I've received the offer letter and two months down the line, they've not yet told me to resume because they are telling me that something is going on in the organization and I can't resume yet. What do I do? What is the dilemma between having the reality in your hand and experiencing it in your life? What do I do? And in a time like this where there are many questions flying all around, the question in society, the question in your own soul, the question in your own mind. But we thank God because there is always a word of the Lord for his children. God is never bankrupt of solution. Is the question and is the answer at the same time. Never bankrupt of solution. And tonight we're going to be talking about the subject of what to do while waiting on God. There might be people under the sound of my voice physically here and those watching online. And I want to please beg you, please, if you know any friend whatsoever in your life right now who has had a long time of waiting, elongated waiting, I, I beseech you, like Apostle Paul says, by the mercies of God, get this message I'm about to teach you to that person. Please. And if you are that friend, get it into your own spirit. What to do when you're waiting. And those of you who think you don't need this message right now, just listen to me because you're going to need it very soon. Please change it completely for me. Thank you. I want to start out by reading 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Let's go in there now. Okay, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and what? Sound mind. This text was describing for us the spirit that you have which is the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. But the very first thing this text highlights for us is that this spirit that you have inside of you is not the spirit of fear. Fear is worry, miraged, or caked, baked, presented to you as the solution. Why? Because fear oftentimes always looks true. Are you together with me? But the word of God says, he's not giving you the spirit of fear. It he says he's giving you the spirit of power. What is the word power there? The word power there actually means strength. It's giving you strength. It's giving you love. And what? Sound mind. I know we've used this text in the Bible, this particular text when you were in school. 
you recite it a lot when you want to write exam I have a sound mind and what many people see this text which is true in itself is that I have a sound mind to remember things and that's correct but the sound mind here also means stability of mind stableness of mind hmm listen if you have power but you don't have stableness of mind you will misuse the power are you following what I'm saying in fact have you met listen to this you can be so rich blessed with so much finances so much wealth and riches but your mind is messed up are you aware that if your mind is messed up it affects everything around your life think about the seasons of your life where you were down you had everything working well for you going on well for you just because your mind was not stable it affected everything around your life so he's saying in this text that you've not only received the spirit of power or that of love but you've received the stability of mind in other words whenever your mind is not stable it's not the spirit of god that's not what as a christian there is a way we must behave there's a stability of mind that comes with the child of god stability of mind now this is very interesting and very deep to say but it is very different when the occasion presents itself so how do you explain to have a stability of mind when you only have 24 hours to pay a rent your dad lives with you your mom lives with you your siblings live with you and because of the family crisis in your family there's no place you guys can go to because all the family is fighting against your family so you are the only one taking care of everybody in that family living inside one house and you only have 24 hours to pay the bills your dad is not giving you one naira because he doesn't have it not because he doesn't want to give he just doesn't have it your sisters are not giving you two naira because he doesn't have it how do you want to do it how do you have a sound mind in the midst of that how do you do that how do you have a sound mind in the midst of trying to search yourself to something that you truly see but you don't have any resource whatsoever or you can even trace where it's going to come from are you aware that what sometimes we call faith is not faith because sometimes when you can see where the thing can come from you can be okay but have you ever been in a situation in your life where you cannot tell wherever whosoever where this thing is going to come from that's the proof of your faith then praise the Lord it says for he has not given you the spirit of fear but of power but of love and of a sound mind in other words it's giving you a resilient spirit a stained strong spirit so how do I stay strong when I have all of these things God keeps showing me and I can't see any manifestation of it in my life how do I stay strong when what I bought just yesterday night at 5,000 naira is now sold for 10,000 naira this morning how do I stay strong but glory to God there is a word from the Lord hallelujah I want to talk to those people tonight not everybody wants to hear this word but I want to talk to those people who you've waited long oh 
you've waited so long. When will these things be? I came for you tonight. Your prayer has risen as incense before God and the Lord sent me with a word for you. This word will comfort you. This word will strengthen you. I'm not only just speaking knowledge to you. I've prayed for you before this meeting. What is going to happen to you after this meeting is going to be a consolidation and a conviction in your spirit that would give you an assurance. Even though you can't see it, you will know that you already have this title deeds that work in your life. And if you're that person, I came to speak to you tonight. If you can, turn your Bible with me because I want to show you first who you are before I show you what you need to do. It's easier to show people who they are so by the time I'm showing you what you need to do, you are going to see what you need to do from the standpoint of who you are. Are you getting what I'm saying there? If I tell my little daughter and I say to her, you are a girl, you can't dress like this. The reason why I'm telling her she cannot dress like this is because I told her what? She's a girl. I pointed her identity to, identity to her first before I told her what she can do and what she cannot do. The problem is we are sometimes pointing to people what they can do and what they cannot do, but we are not showing them the identity first. Are you following what I'm saying? So let me show you who you are first. So by the time I'm telling you what you can do, it will land in your heart because you know you can do it. So turn your Bible with me to the book of First Samuel chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 1 all the way down to the end. And we're going to read together. Can you partner with me to read this together? Alright, First Samuel chapter 5 and verse 1. Are you there? Are you there? Let's go. One, two, ready, go. Then the Philistines Ebenezer to Ashdod. Next verse. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Next verse. Oh, hold on. Media, can you give me the image of Dagon? If, if there's a way, I don't know if that's possible and if that's going to disturb our, our message. Um, where you can divide the screen into two. You put the Dagon's um, image on one side and you put the text on one other side. Or if you can do it for those online, that's fine. But if not, let's just keep going. But just give me that image quickly. I want to show them something here. So they can have an, a pictorial image of what they are reading and so they can understand this text very well. Because a lot of you have read this text before. Um, some of you watched this movie, Akotieri. No, I bet you Genzas will never know what that is called. So this is the image of Dagon. Dagon is the god of the Mesopotamia. And that of also the Philistines. And it's the god of fertility, bountifulness, and fruitfulness. And this is the god that they serve. Now, this was the god called Dagon that the Bible was talking about where the Ark of Covenant was placed beside. So you give you a pictorial image. Now, if you can get me the Ark of Covenant, quickly please. Um, I wanted to put it side by side of it so that you can see this Dagon God and the Ark of Covenant. Now, let me just, why, why are they trying to do that? For the Philistines, this is a very powerful God. 
Because it doesn't only represent the God of the sea, but also represent the God of the earth for them. This is the strongest God that they have. And this is how powerful their God is. That they believe that this God, in fact, if you go read commentaries, you will realize that they believe that Dagon is more powerful than the God of the Egyptians. So, I want to show you something. Are you, please, get me that image quickly. It's interesting, you know. I said I was going to start teaching by 7. And I've not even started my message yet. I think I have to just write out my message and just read it to you. And, and so, Dagon was a Mesopotamian god. And <laughs> Amen. Okay, this is the Ark of Covenant, right? Is there a way you can put it side by side? I, I, I really want to get this message into your spirit so that you can close this chapter of what do I do while I'm waiting? Because I've asked, I've answered this question for the body of Christ. I just want you to get it once and for all. Amen. You know why you need to get it once and for all? Because there are going to be several seasons of your life where you're going to have to wait. The moment one is landed in your hand, you have enrolled. Oh, right. So you, you guys know that thing. All right, that's the journey of God. Let, let me tell you this. God is usually late. Hmm? Somebody say, really? But we've we heard that God is on time, God. Well, let me explain it to you this way. Because what we term lateness is in the perspective of our current reality, which is time. God is only late in your own eyes. You know why? Because God only does what he wants to do at the time he wants to do it. Let me give you a practical example. Think about it this way. This is so powerful. If I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old in my house, and we are going for a birthday party to a family friend's birthday party, and they start dressing up. And guess what? We woke up in the morning. They are done dressing up. They are ready. We are supposed to go out at 12 o'clock. And by 9 a.m., my five-year-old, two-year-old, and one-year-old is ready. Fully kitted, ready to go. Waiting for us in the sitting room. My wife and I, we are still busy gisting, chopping live, enjoying ourselves, talking. Can I ask you a question? What time would we go out? It's when we, we are ready. If you like, be ready. Let the five-year-old be ready at 6.30 a.m. It is the time we are ready. That's when we say, let's go. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Preparation is what the children must do. Manifestation is the time of the father and the mother. Are you following me there? Very important. So, in the eyes of God, it's on time. In your own time, he's wasting time, but he's on time. Because he's the one that knows the time the party starts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The children can be ready from 9 a.m. or 6 a.m. The time the party starts, we are the ones that have the information of that. And we are the ones that have checked the Google map to know where we can pass. Even if there's traffic, the shortcuts we can pass. The children cannot drive the car. We are the ones that will drive the car. We know where we can pass to get there early. On time God. That's why we sing. When we sing on time God, we are singing in the perspective of God. 
naturally to man, God comes late. Naturally. But let me tell you something about that. When he eventually shows up, you will realize that you woke up too early. Why was I up 6 a.m. for a party at 2 o'clock? I've stained my clothes. I've, are you getting what I'm saying? I'm already tired. I've eaten so much that when I get to the party, I cannot eat again. Are you following what I'm saying there? Very important. On time, God. Praise the Lord. You can imagine a two-year-old wants to go to the party by himself. How does a two-year-old know where's Ojo Eleba? Where's Papa Jawo? Where's my... Loss. Just gone. Out of eagerness to get there before the person that can take them there. Praise the Lord. Alright. So you see this image, right? So you see Dagon here. And then also you see um, the Ark of Covenant here. So let's go back to that text. You can snap this image in your mind because we'll come back to it. So the Bible says, verse 3, it says, And when the people of Ashrod rose early in the morning, there was what? Dagon falling on its face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set it in its place again. In its place there speaks of in its authority. Listen to this. It does not only mean that they set it to stand well. Because the position of the God is the authority of the God. So when they put that door back to where it is, what they were saying in other words there was that they set it to be in control again. Which means there was a resistance, a fight back. Are you following what I'm saying there? They set it in his place. Go on ahead and let's keep going to the scripture. Verse 5, verse 4. Quickly please, we, we, we have a lot of things to deal with. Verse 4. Let's read together. Everybody wants to ready? Go. And when they rose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on its face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's... Do you know what this is? I will show you in a moment. Was left of it. Next verse. Verse 4. Verse 5. Let's go. Who come to Dagon's house, tread on the threshold of Dagon. To when? To today. Let's keep going. Verse 5, verse 6. And raped them and struck them with what? Tumors. Look at what God did. You don't take away cancer, don't they? Prostrate. He gave them cancer across broad. Why? Because the Ark of Covenant was abused by Dagon. Keep following me, please. I'm going somewhere there. Let's go to the next verse. Next verse. Verse 7. Let's go. One, two, ready, go. And when the men of Ashur saw how it was, they said, the Ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh towards us, and Dagon are God. Wow. Next verse. Verse 8. One, two, three, go. And gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What shall we do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the ark of God away. Next verse, verse 9. After they had carried it away, that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. 
and he struck the men of the city and tumor broke out on them next verse <laughs> oh god They have brought the ark of God of Israel to us to kill us and our people. <laughs> Say, come and carry your tino. Next verse, verse 12. And said, send away the ark of God to Israel and let it go back to its own place. Throughout all the city, the hand of God was very heavy there. Hmm. Next verse. I wanted to take note of it, something there, of every time you see the effect of what happened to, um, to, the, to, to people in Gath, you see that the hand of God was heavy. Did you see that? You noticed that? And the hand of God was heavy. Stay, stay there with me and let's keep going. Verse 12, let's keep going. One, two, three, go. We're stricken with tumors and cry of the city went up to heaven. Next verse. was in the country of the Philistines seven months. Can you imagine what's been going on here seven months? Next verse. Let's go. Next Next verse. <laughs> Let me go out of myself a little bit. Ah! Let me go out of myself a little bit. Anything that touch you must pay trespass offering. Let me go out of myself. Don't let's finish this text because of time. Open your Bible with me to First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, chapter six. Verse 19. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. Verse 16. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. 2 Corinthians 6, 16. It says, And what agreement as the temple of God with idols? For you are what? The temple of the living God. As God has said, look at this. He says, I'm going to do away with this ark of covenant which you can touch literally. I'm going to move into the people by myself. Are you following what I'm saying there? In other words, you are now that person that carries that ark. In other words, wherever you are, that girl must bow. Listen, you can scream about what I'm saying to you until it becomes a reality. It doesn't change your life. You can scream about what I'm saying to you. It must become a reality. This is what the word of God says. He said the hand of God was heavy. In other words, that hand of God is upon anyone who carries the person of the Holy Spirit. So everywhere you go, every place you step, there is something inside of you. It's the power of the Godhead. Are you following what I'm saying, guys? You carry that thing inside of you and anything that opposes you must bow. That's who you are. Oh my God. Children of God. Well, I love this image. That's who you are. It must bow. It must bow. Don't you know you are gods? Children of the living God. Look guys, there is something about our Christian faith and our mentality. Your mentality must correspond to what you believe. Are you following what I'm saying? You see, before I start teaching you this 11 things you must do when you are waiting on God, I have to show you this so that first and foremost you never see yourself as disadvantaged. 
would someone who carries the do you know that oh my god if Dagon is here and the Ark of Covenant is here physically and you put the Ark of Covenant here and we're replaying the same thing you put the Ark of Covenant here and you put Dagon here if Dagon's head must cut into two why you put the Ark of Covenant here and it happens like that as it happened in the scriptures if you remove the Ark of Covenant away and you come there and you stand by it the head of Dagon must fall as well are you following what I'm saying there? Let me ask you a question, please. Can I ask you a sincere question? Was there any time the children of Israelites, listen to this, was there any time? Ooh. I love when the word of God intoxicates me like this. You know, let me tell you something. They will cheat you in life if you don't understand who you are. What is yours will not land in your head, though you will believe God. But because you don't have the mentality of who you are. Let me tell you this. If Dagon stands here, and I stand here, Dagon cannot stand. We will not be mates. Dagon is not just a God. Anything that disturbs you is not your mates. Are you following what I'm saying? There's a reality you must have in your mind. There's a way you must think about these things, guys. There's a way children of God must think. There is an advantage you have as a child of God. Believers, believe what I'm saying to you. You are a believer, so you should believe what I'm saying to you. There is a way you must think about these things. It says, don't you know that ye are gods? You're the carrier. That ark now, the carrier of his presence. Everywhere you go to, it must bow. Things must part way for you. Things has to part way for you. Are you following what I'm saying? I wanted to say something earlier. Are you aware that the chain reaction of the ark of covenant beside Dagon? Are you aware that there was no time where the children of Israel went to bow their head and be praying that, oh God, let the ark fight for itself? No, fight now, fight now, fight now, act, fight, fight, fight. Just by the fact that the act was in a place that is not supposed to be, there must be a chain reaction. In other words, there is a condition that the act knows himself. I don't know how else to explain it to you. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yeah. I heard a testimony of a man of God. Real life story. Now, some of these things, I trust God for those kinds of level of dimension, but we have it in Christ. True story. Um, there's a man who used to come and preach in Kingswood many years ago. Pastor T used to invite him, one doctor something like this, this friend. He may call something. He said one day he was driving and thief came and they stopped him and they brought out gun and they shot at him and he did not enter real life story is you about Omar, Omar Okpai who they kidnapped and they gave him acid to drink and he drank it and he asked the people that kidnapped him and said what were you expecting were you expecting me to die let me tell you those things the forces of the earth 
responds to your conditioning your belief I stumbled on the video this morning Super Falcons versus Cameroon and they were still using Juju they were trying to run into the post and yet Nigeria still won them and I love what the coach said he said I don't believe in voodoo I believe in those powers that it happens, but I don't believe they have power to overthrow me. Your first problem of your waiting is that you believe that there is more forces against you than those that are for you. You outnumber them every way. So this waiting thing is between you and God when you know who you are in Christ. When you know who you are in Christ, it's between you and him. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Light of the world, you step down into my darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that makes this heart adore. Oh. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. manifestation of that hand in my life. Is somebody following what I'm saying? When you carry the ark, the hand is there. It's heavy there. Children of God, know who you are. Oh God, please, know who you are. Praise the Lord. Let me say this to you. What delay does is that delay projects rejection to you to the point that it makes it your reality. Has this ever happened to you before? You went for a visa interview and you were rejected. Do you know as simple as that thing is, do you know what that thing does to you psychologically? A rejection. Rejection is powerful. Rejection. It is powerful. Just drive to a nice restaurant in Lagos and watch rejection in display. As you are bringing your car, as, 
as sure as God helps you. As you are getting there, they will size it. They say, you, wait, sir, wait, sir. They want, you came before the guy. They say, wait, wait. You park here first. Park here. You park here. They say, you, come inside. By that act alone, it has done something into your mind. Just feel a sense of rejection. That's the target of the enemy. Every time there is a delay, rejection is the high point of it. And once rejection is institutionalized into your thinking, everything around your life, you'll be seeing rejection in it. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, I know who I am. I carry the fullness of God. Can I allow that sink in a little bit before I go next? Let me allow that sink in a bit. I know who I am. I remember one time I was going through some things and I still do till today and sometimes I'll just be in the room alone or in my office or somewhere and I'll be saying it in my heart to God I say but you know you can't leave me like this yeah? you know you know now I mean you don't know you know you know there's a, there's a conviction of sonship there's just something that let me, let, me, let me teach you something. Hold on to the old testimony so much. Look, many times you are looking for a new one. Hold on to the last one. Let that last one give you a conviction that no other one can give you. Let that last one give you a conviction. You, you see, there is something about when you begin to feel like you are special with God. There is something it does to your journey. You know you can't deprive me. You know. Me, I know you are for me. Me, I know. Me, I just know. I've seen it over and over again. I know. Somebody just casually told you there's something about you. Hold on to that something about you. People don't just say there's something about me like that. Hold on to it and let it make, let it mean something to you. Praise the Lord what to do while you are waiting on God. I'm going to give you nine things to do, which is really the meat of my message. Just change the keys. Praise the Lord. Number one. How many of you want to know what to do while you're just waiting? If you want to know, let me see your hands. This is one question a lot of people have asked me. So, P.S., I'm just there. I don't know what to do. And I'm going to make it as practical as possible so that you can go and use it and see the result in your life. Amen. Number one, go back to the last instruction that God has given to you. Go back to the last instruction. Follow the last instruction of God obeying faith even though or even if that which he told you doesn't bring any results listen to this oh, okay. 
Listen to this. One day, while I was praying, I asked God. I said, Lord, you told me to do this. I, I don't know if this has happened to you guys, where you were praying and God tells you something on a matter. And you, you are so sure, there's an assurance you come out of that prayer point, prayer time. And when he tells you that thing, you are so sure that the moment you do it, wow, you are just coming back with testimony. And you go and you do it and you are expecting an outcome and you didn't see the outcome. One day I went to the Lord to pray. And I said, Lord, why does this thing happen? Why does this thing happen? And the Lord told me something powerful I will never forget in my life. He said, when I give you an instruction and you did not see the corresponding result that I gave to you, he said, it's because I am conditioning you to continually believe and trust in me. In other words, there is something conditioning does. By the reason of constantly believing God and doing whatever he tells you to do, you become used to believing and doing God's word. That's what happened to Abraham. In other words, listen to this, the acts of God speaking to you many times is not oftentimes to see the result immediately. It's to school you in obedience. Somebody get what I'm saying? It's to school you in obedience. Obedience has a school and that school has curriculums and the curriculum of that school is constant tests, trials and obedience. That's the curriculum of that school. And you have to go through that school over and over again, over and over again. Then your faith is, you have convicted in your faith. You are strengthening your resolve. You are strengthening your belief. Then you can keep going over and over again with the things that God sees, tells you to do. So what you do when you don't know what to do and why you are waiting on God, go back to the last instructions. Let me tell you what you should do. Look at me, everybody. Practically. You see, the sad thing about the things of the spirit and I want to use the word sad or believers is that there are many things God has told you about your future that you didn't, you didn't write down and I've noticed that God never tells people precious things when they are not ready to write it down because they're going to lose it listen to this the word of the Lord to you is the most precious thing you can have not the physical manifestation of what he has done that one can still be taken away the, are you following what I'm saying? The word of... See, make the word of God precious before your sight. Whenever God tells you anything in your life from today, write it down. Write it down. Use a voice note. If it comes expressly, document it with a voice note. Document it in a writing. You know why? Because have this happened to you before that when you are going through a tough time and you do mistake to open your notepad, you will see something that you should have done that you have not done. In fact, your last instruction for your next level is embedded in the things you have written down that you never went back to. So what do you do when God gives you an instruction when you are waiting? Go back to the last instruction. Get all the materials you've written something down in your prayer times and start reading it again. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Go back and start reading it again. If you have it on your phone, bring out your phone and read it all over again. Look at me, guys. The same way you read the word of God as God's promise to the believer is the same way you read the word of God, which is the spoken word of God, as God's promise to you. You go back and read those things again. In the process, you would pick one or two things you didn't do. 
or you started but you didn't complete oh my god is somebody following what I'm saying this is usually the problem God gives you an instruction you started it you did not complete it then you are looking for the next instruction why because you want a quick fix thing but God is trying to school you this is the dilemma between manifestation and where you are God is trying to school you you are trying to get something it's the same way God is trying to make Abraham the father of our nation Abraham is telling God seeing that I have no child he said, no, 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 you're missing the point. I want to make it a father of all nations. You just want to have one child. If I'm going to make it a father of all nations, I have to school you in the process of faith. That's why we can go back in the book of Romans chapter 4, the faith steps of Abraham. Abraham then gave up faith steps that you can follow to see faith in your life, in the manifestation of faith in your life. Why? Because he was schooled in faith. God is trying to make you an institution. You're trying to make yourself just one person. Are you following what I'm saying there? So, how do you do that? Go back to the last instruction. What were the things he told you? Listen to this thing. What were the things you told you? Look at it. I like it. Which one did I start and I did not finish? Go and pick it out again. Are believers hear me tonight? Which one did I complete? Are you following what I'm saying? And which one did I not do at all? Tell me the three things. Number one. You see, you see this, is the, this is the thing. Number one, which one did I start and I didn't finish? Number two, which one did I complete? Number three, you can do a spreadsheet. Last instruction. Look at what maybe said. Whatsoever I tell you to do, do it. Last instruction, which one did I start and I did not complete it? God told you dance before me seven days. You did three days. You've not obeyed the instruction. You started the instruction, you didn't obey it. Is somebody following what I'm saying? If God says, meet me at Mount Moriah, and you go to Rock Gribrata, you have climbed a rock, you've climbed a mountain, but you have not, you've not gone to the place he told you to meet him there. But you have climbed something similar. Are you following what I'm saying? You have climbed something similar to it. You said, I went to a mountain. No, sir. You, didn't, you went to a mountain, yes, but you didn't go to the mountain that God asked you to go to. Listen, when it comes to following God, you obey the, the instructions to the letter. Are you following what I'm saying? I like it. Go and look at those three things. Don't, please listen to me. Don't ask God for another word. Go and complete that, Lord, that last word. Then the other word will come out of it. Many years ago, the Lord told me, when I give you an instruction, I'm giving you a key. When you open the first door, I give you another key for the next door. If you don't open the first door, you will never get the key for the next door. Many problem of people is that they are looking for the next door to be opened, but they never obey the instruction of the first door. Go back and open the door, the first door, before you can enter into the next door. I just saw something in the spirit realm right now. There are many uncompleted buildings. You know what uncompleted building is? It means uncompleted instructions in this room. Don't move too much. I know the spirit is talking to you. It's shaking you now. Many uncompleted instructions. The word of God comes to Jacob. is alighted upon Israel. There's a part you do. There's a part God does. God cannot tell you to pray and expect him to pray for you. I remember when we were growing up, some of our parents would say, God, as we start to go, God, God prays for us. God doesn't pray for people. You pray to God. Amen. So God pray for us. Amen. If I had a lot of time, I would have given you that exercise tonight because I know some people will not do it. 
as you are listening now, be writing those things. Draw it out. You know what? You must be desperate enough to know that your next level is dependent on it. Praise the Lord. Will you do that when you get home? What are those three things again? Number two. Avoid making a prototype that is not the original. Don't move yourself into action. Listen to this. Waiting is God's will being done in God's way. Waiting is God's will being done in God's way. Not your will being done in God's way. Waiting is God's will being done in God's way. Not your own will being done in your way. So, do not look for a prototype that is not the original. Remember what happened to Sarah? She started to look for an option, create an option for God. Don't do that. This is what happens to many people. When you are waiting, you are almost tempted to create another option for God. God says, sit down and do, just stay with me. Just stay with me, trust in me, and sit down and stay with me. But then you are agitated, you are trying to look for another prototype that is not the original. And usually when you do that, you're going to cause problems for yourselves. That's why I told us to pray that we'll be strengthened in mind in your inner man. Because it takes strength to see a way out and not take it. It takes strength. But anything that is not birthed by the Spirit of God is Ishmael. It will be a son. It can be great, but it's still Ishmael. Are you following what I'm saying there? Yeah, it's still Ishmael. That's why I said God's will is being done in God's way. It has to be in God's way, not your way. So, the second thing is avoid making stereotype that is not the original. Don't move yourself into action. Don't try and complete it for God. Don't. It's a mistake. Don't. That's why it's very important to know that before God gives you a child, he would give you a promise. Let me give you an example. Please, give me my car key. I don't know who has it. Come. Come, Shola. Come on stage. I want to show you something. Before God gives you anything, it would give you a promise first. And I've taught you that the promise there is in the text in the Bible or a word from the Lord. So let me show you this. This is Shola here. And let's assume Shola Azumo. Azumo. So Shola Azumo. Azumo Shola just got married, right? And not Azumi, he just got married. Yeah. So, and I say, they don't have a car. And then I come to Shola, and Shola, or Shola comes to my house, and, I, and the Lord put it on my heart to give Shola a car. And I tell Shola that, oh, by the way, um, God put it on my heart to give you a car. Um, but you can come and pick it up next tomorrow because <clears throat> I need to fix the car. There are a lot of things I need to do in the car to get it ready to have, for you to have it. But I did not give Shola 
the calf physically. But I've given Shola. Now, Shola goes back home rejoicing to his family and telling his family, I have a car now. Somebody bless him with a car. I have a car now. And then they ask him, where is the car? And he says, it's coming. I don't have it physically yet. But I already have the word, the assurance, the validation, the asset that I already have the car. What happens after two weeks? Once the car is ready, in the timing of the car being ready, by the time Shola comes back to me, I give him the car. When did Shola get the car? Two weeks ago. When did the manifestation happen? Two weeks after. But the car already existed. So if God says, I have formed you, I have made you a prophet unto nation, he has already given it to you already. Somebody follow what I'm saying there? If you understand this principle, you will be dancing before God over everything he shows you. Listen, you will cease only stop to dance towards what you have, what you have manifestation for. You will wake up and be dancing for something he shows. Listen, the moment he shows you, he has committed himself to it. Ah, that's why we labor and pray out. Because if you can get God to show you something, you have committed his fullness into it. So you can as well go and announce, I already have the car. I have the keys. I have it. I have it. I have it. You don't have the manifestation yet. You can't see it physically, but somebody is working to make sure the car is ready for you to use it. When it's ready, we announce, come and take the car because I've finished the process. That's why many times, if I give it to you the way the car is bad, you will cost me for giving you something bad to use. Listen, many times God wants to give you something, but it's not yet right for you to use it. If you use it at the time he's giving it to you, at the time you want it, it will become a problem in your journey. And then you will look back to God and say, then why did God give me this after all? He's trying to prevent you from this thing. If you understand this thing, you will thank God for the things that has not landed in your hands yet. Can you clap for the Lord for just one minute? The, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I heard a very sad story when I was in school. Very sad story. There's a guy, and I'm going to show you this in the scripture in a moment. A, a guy who were in the same secondary school with us. He grew up we same secondary school and he wanted to relocate to the US. He did everything in his power to go. Everything. To the point that he was willing to enter all those um, Libya borders. Everything. Eventually he got the visa and he left. I'm telling you a real life story. He started living with his uncle. Unknown, his uncle was in the gang. He started living with his uncle. So, he was doing um, um, what they call it, um, painter work with his uncle. Real life story. The gang came to work to, to the house that day while he was doing his painter work. They were looking for his uncle. Where is the uncle? They say he's not around. They just bothered going to shot him straight on the head. You see, are you aware in the Bible? God told Samuel, I'm going to show you first Samuel. He said, look, these people want a king. He said, I, I want to be their king. They said, no, we want a king. Look at what God said. He said, do as they have said unto you. He said, but tell them, 
this is the kind of king you are going to have. It's going to take your sons to battle. It's going to take of your plows. It's going to take of your field. It's going to, these are the things that's going to happen. They say, yes, we still want it. Okay, you can have it. In other words, the Spirit of God will not wrestle with man. If you stay too long on it that you want it, you will have it. I'm telling you the truth. If you stay too long, that's why there are times where you just say, this thing is not coming. God must have a reason why it has not yet come. Lord, let it come at your time. Let it come at a time. Very, very important. So God will give you a promise before he gives you the manifestation of a child. Number three. Take courage. Take courage. Are you aware that sometimes the toughest thing you have to do is to do nothing? The toughest thing you have to do is to do nothing. Oh, doing nothing is very tough. You're just there. How are you? I'm fine. How do you do? I'm fine. It's to do nothing. But in the process, you are taking courage. Listen, waiting on God is not for the faint-hearted. It's for the courageous. The strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Take courage. And remember what God told Joshua. He said, only be courageous. Take courage. When you are going through that season where you don't know what to do while you are just waiting on God, take courage in the assurance of God's word towards you. Take courage. Number three. Number four. Fight comparison. Fight comparison. You know, this is exactly what happened to the children of Israel, what I just shared with you about when they said they wanted a king. Do you remember what they said? First Samuel. He said that they want to be like other nations that have kings. They started to look at themselves, justify their own experience in the lens of other people's experiences. Whereby they began to glorify other people's experiences as the perfect reality of life. And they overlooked what God wanted to do with them as secondary, whereby your own journey is totally different from another person's journey. And so they began to drop into somebody else's journey, looking into somebody else's journey, and they were looking at it as the perfect way of way, of, of, of way to live. When you begin to get into comparison. This is the biggest battle, one of the biggest battles when people are waiting on God. You begin to compare yourself with another person. You stay away from your lady, begin to look around left, right and center. And it's so interesting that the, God always has a way of showing you people that looks like what you want to have in that season. Let me tell you, it's not the devil that's bringing it to you. It's God that is trying to tell you there's something inside of you that must crumble. There is a, are you following me I'm saying there? There is a character thing inside that must crumble quickly. Take yourself to God. That's not the time to say, no, 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 I'm not this kind of person. I'm not a jealous person. No, that's the part of, you, you take yourself and say, God, I found out now. You have proven to me by your word. Through this experience that I think I have jealousy embedded inside of my life. Help me now before I self-destruct. Let me tell you this. When God wants to school you, he creates scenarios that shows you who you are. Mm -hmm. When God wants to school you. I was teaching the other day, I said one of the ways God schools people in honor is that God would create a scenario that looks like the thing that you despise and give it to you. For example, oh, my pastor, they don't used to check on me. Don't worry. 
Just wait. In five years, God makes you pastor. Then he gives you that same scenario. Then you receive it. Then you now be saying, ah, pastors, they try you. God schooled me in that thing. I say, pastor, what are they doing? Then I became. I said, what? My honor for pastor? Pastoring, pastorship, pastress, pastee, pastoral, anything past. I have honor for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, fight comparison. Don't compare with yourself with another person. And once you begin to see that there is a train of comparison on your inside, take yourself to God. It means that there's something that can hamper your journey. Don't look at it casually. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Don't deal with it casually and say, when my own two come, it will balance out. Listen, when something higher comes again, it will come, it will come back into your life. Deal with it. In fact, I've noticed that one of the things that happens when you are waiting on God is God, God takes his time to start showing you your faults, your shortcomings. Because that's the only time you can see it. If you have manifestation everywhere, you will not see it. You will be seeing the greatness, the power, the intelligence, how God is using you. You'll be happy. Now me, day now, imago day. <laughs> but where you are now waiting, God is now there too because your patience is patient. You are long suffering, is long suffering. So both of you can now talk. Let's come, let's reason together. You are now on the same level. You are now walking together on the same plane. At that moment, He can now tell you things. Then you will see it. At that time, you are too busy, you will not see it. Business blinds. Yeah, you will not see it. Then when you are now waiting, you will not be seeing it. You say, wait, oh. so this is how I react. You, you will not see it before. You will now begin to honor the God that causes a man to wait. When you are in the season of waiting, deal with your character. That's the best time. Because when you get into the rhythm again, you don't have the time again. And when God wants to help you again, he gives you a waiting time. Praise the Lord. Listen to me. I heard God say this to say to some of you. That delay is a blessing from the Lord. I know you can't see it, but I tell you the truth. Let me run quickly. Number five. Number five. Don't lose what is in your custody. Stop looking for what is not missing. Are you aware that if I have balloons here, like 20 of them, and breeze begins to blow, what is going to happen is that I'm going to want to leave them to go and pick one so that I can return it back. In the process of picking one balloon that has gone off, I will lose the other. What waiting does, don't lose what is in your custody. There are things God has given to you in your custody at the time of waiting. Don't lose it. It could be a gift. It could be a talent. It could be relationships. I have seen how when people are in their waiting season, listen pastors, people walk out of church the most. The first place that takes the heat is God. The second place is church. Oh yeah. When they are waiting. Don't lose what is in your custody. Guard what is in your custody. Because what happens is that the devil wants to take what, he, what you have at this time while you are looking at what you need to have because what you currently have and what you need to have needs to marry together to produce what you are going to become. When he takes what you currently have and then you eventually have what you need to have, you'll be back again to that same circle trying to get again what you have already lost. Back again, then he keeps doing it like this today, doing it like this tomorrow, then you wasted time and you wasted life. So, 
Don't lose what is in your custody. Keep it. Protect it. People are waiting on God and they forgot every relationship in their life. People are waiting. They just, so you begin to lose things in the process unknown to you. Number six. Follow only God's authorization to any decision you want to make. Only God's authorization. When you are waiting, you and God must be one and two. Follow only God's authorization to any decision you want to make. Are you following me there? Remember what happened to Saul. Look at what happened. Saul was waiting and because of the pressure of people, he went to give a sacrifice. He said, give me the bond offering. Look at the audacity of action. A king wants to sacrifice. You that we made king temporary. They gave me the bond offering. You see how you can react when you are waiting. Follow only the authorization of God. Don't do anything in your own human thinking when you are waiting. Let me teach you something. When you are waiting on God for something, you are in a precarious time. You are in a sensitive season of your life. Deal with it sensitively. Deal with it sensitively. So follow only God's authorization. For example, you want to relocate. And you are waiting, you are waiting, you are waiting, and you say you want to relocate. And that relocation is not because God told you to relocate. It's because you have experienced too much rejection. You only want a fresh breath, a new air, a new environment, which you can enjoy for three months. And after three months, that cloud is still back on you. The same experience continues again. What you need is not relocation. What you need is detoxification of that, I'm telling you the truth, of that spirit of rejection that has held you bound and captive. To follow only God's authorization. Praise the Lord. Number seven. Keep your intimacy with the Lord intact. Keep your intimacy with the Lord intact. When you are waiting on God, for example, in this season, you're waiting on God financially. You need money. You need new streams of income. You're a career professional. How many of you can do with some more opportunities to make more money? Yeah. Everybody in the room. Wow. That's good. And God is going to give it to you. Because he's willing and he's able. Hallelujah. Follow God's authorization. So God says, go and invest in this business and the business is going down. And everybody's taking their money out. But God says, you put your money in and you know it's the voice of God. That's God's authorization. God's authorization means his fingerprint is on it. Imagine the fingerprint that can open any closed door is on something. If you don't follow it, you will put your own. It will not open the door. When you follow God's authorization, it opens any door for you. Follow his authorization. 
when you are in that time of your life, you must follow his interpretation, which leads me to the next thing I was saying about intimacy with him. Intimacy with the Lord. This is the time where you have to be cordial, <laughs> not brutal with the presence of God. Some of, that, some of it, the tongue is brutal, it's brutality. Bah, finish him, finish him. So just be, be friendly with God. Please, be friendly with your maker. Wait, be friendly. You know what it means to be friendly with your maker? Just sometimes speak nicely. You are too aggressive with the Holy Spirit. Be friendly with the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, I'm tired. And I know you know I'm tired. But help me. Grant me strength. Be, be vulnerable with him. Cry, smile, but talk. Talk to him. And let me tell you something. Many of us as pastors, we tell you that when you speak to the Holy Spirit, he will speak that to you. Sometimes he doesn't speak anything to me. I don't hear anything. I just talk and I'm silent, waiting. But they say he used to talk back. He doesn't say anything. I don't wait to say something. Then I will not be making it up in my mind. I am your daughter. I am your son. I am with you. Go as you go. Do as I do. Stay as I stay. stay uh, is your child's voice you are hearing? <laughs> when God is silent, is a language. It's a journey of growth, which means many times you bank on what you hear, whereby God is trying to grow you to banking on what you can see in His Word. When you don't hear anything and your cry say, Lord, I'm with you. You know I'm going through a tough time. You know wait. God speak. It's not saying better pick Psalms. I'm telling the truth. Though. Get a scripture, read it. Anyone that I light on your spirit is the word from the Lord. I've said something so simple, it can change your life. Reason number one why people don't talk to the Holy Spirit when we tell them to talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk to him is your friend. Every day is your friend. Say, Mr. So, say, Holy Spirit is your friend. You have been saying it now. Every day, God say, Holy Spirit, as I'm going out today, don't let me jam. Your bike has hit your leg. He said, but Holy Spirit, you talk to me and you don't talk him back. Do you know that there is a growing in exercising your senses? The relationship with the Holy Spirit is not what you start out one day and expect yourself to go in that rave of hearing the way you would if you continually that, continue that process with him day by day. Holy Spirit, thank you. I'm really tired, but I receive your strength. And I know you can hear me. I've, most of my prayer, if I've laid hands on you before, you must almost hear me say that line. Father, I know you always hear me. I took it from Jesus. And that's how Jesus prayed to his father. I know you always hear me. Every time I say that thing, it gives me an assurance that he always hears me. Add it to your vocabulary of prayer. Amen? Add it to your vocabulary of prayer. Father, I know you always hear me. Praise the Lord. Did you learn something there? Number eight, second to the last. Keep doing what he tells you to do. Keep, tell, keep doing what he tells you to do. And finally, rest. Just rest. 
rest is dual it is the active rest and the passive rest the active rest there is resting on the finished works staying in the word listening to messages studying the word of god praying rest another point of rest is passive which is rest physically rest your soul some of you your body is resting but your soul is disturbed you are not resting you are not resting your soul is everywhere your soul is in Singapore is in Norway is in Betumodu is in Ekiti your soul has traveled it's only your body that is there rest your soul quiet your soul peace to your soul let me add one more finally look at the window and see if the dove has rested look at the window and see remember what Noah did find out if the dove has rested what am I saying to you there look at the window for the opportunity before it comes oh wow I just felt a strong anointing just saying that open up your eyes and see possibilities open up your eyes and look for it look for it look for it look for it in conversations look for it in manifestations look for it everywhere you go to seek after it go for it look for it don't just wait doing nothing look for it open up your eyes open up your eyes look at the window and see if the dove have rested and once you can see it go for it oh thank you jesus did you get something there are you sure do you have things you can do practically when you are waiting on God are you sure number one tell me number two number three number four number six number five pardon me number six number seven number eight number nine number ten hallelujah rise on your feet everybody I want you to write down the things you are going to do when you get back home today from this text this teaching write down the things you are going to do hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence. We are the new.